This is episode number 14 with holistic wellness coach and life strategies coach, Dr. Leslie Shoup. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. On today's episode, I bring you someone super unique. Dr. Leslie Shu, at 20 years old, was on six prescription medications. She was having endless panic attacks and no doctors could determine what was going on with her. She was left feeling helpless until the day that she walked into an acupuncturist's office. Dr. Leslie Shu has such a unique practice and a unique way of coaching people that I found so fascinating. She has a PhD in natural health sciences with a dissertation focusing on the gut-brain connection. Her areas of focus are intestinal health, adrenal fatigue, stress management, brain health, and anxiety. Her own journey gives her such an unbelievable perspective on her clients' frustrations. Dr. Leslie and I get into negative thoughts, how she's dealt with them in the past, and how she currently works on it on her day-to-day life. I think you all will find great value in this, and we'll be able to take away a ton of actionable materials. While you're listening, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram to let me know you're listening. You can find more about Dr. Leslie and her coaching at drlesliewellness.com. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to ask you guys if you made any fitness goals for 2019. If so, how are they going? Are you on the right path? Is there someone holding you accountable? My one-on-one fitness coaching is something I have a huge passion for. I help provide my clients with the tools to help them achieve their own personal fitness goals with whatever equipment or the lack thereof that they have at their disposal. If you're interested in learning more about the coaching and investing in your health and fitness journey, you can go to my website, nickcarrier.com to learn more, or feel free to message me on Instagram and we can set up a call. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If so, go ahead and rate and review this podcast because when you rate and review the show, it can move up the ranks, which means more and more people get access to these tools, tips, and inspiration. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with the incredibly knowledgeable Dr. Leslie Shu. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I got the incredible Dr. Leslie Shu with me today. Uh, Thank you so much for coming. I'm super pumped about the conversation. Um, So yeah, I met Dr. Leslie, or I don't even know if we actually formally met, but I came to an event that you spoke at at EIO in the Hive here in Nashville. And basically, it actually popped up on my, my news feed on Facebook and saw all of your areas of focus and everything, you know, on intestinal health, adrenal fatigue, stress management, brain health and anxiety. I'm always interested in learning about all that kind of stuff because, I mean, all those things are super important in order to become the best version of yourself and the healthiest version of yourself. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm always trying to surround myself with people who know a little bit more about me in those areas. So I'm pumped to be able to learn even more than I did from the uh, the event that I came to and be able to spread that with everybody else. So yeah. thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thank you. Um, so basically the way I want to start is the way you kind of started off the event is you kind of, you told your story because your story is basically kind of why you do what you do, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So what I want you to start with is kind of take me back to your 16-year-old self, I think maybe your teenage self back when you were having kind of some issues and what was happening and kind of, let's kind of go from there. Yeah, well, the short, short version, <laughs> uh, 16 years old, I had my first panic attack. And back then, this was a long time ago. So back then, you know, people weren't really talking about anxiety. I didn't know what that was or panic disorder. Right. And uh, so I wasn't sure what was happening, but it was terrifying. And, and I kept it to myself for a long time. Uh, it got worse and worse. And that led into other issues, a lot of intestinal issues, I was really, by the time I was in my 20s, I was a complete train wreck. I mean, I, I was on about seven or eight different medications. I was going from doctor to doctor. You know, I was trying to everything, and, and my body just was not working. My 
my intestinal tract wasn't working, I was having chronic pain, chronic headaches, still having a lot of anxiety. And, um, you know, I just thought, gosh, this is crazy. This is not, I'm, I'm, I was like 24, 25 years old. This is not the way I want to live the rest mm-hmm. of my life. And, you know, as time went on, I just kept going to specialists and they would send me to someone else and get more tests. And no one really knew what was wrong with me. Um, they would just, you know, come back and say, your blood works perfect. There's nothing wrong. Maybe you need an antidepressant, which I was already on. So, <laughs> so that's not going to help. No, no, no. And, um, so I, I grew up in a physician's family in the South and with traditional Southern food and right. back in, you know, sixties and seventies. And I had pop tarts for breakfast and <laughs> chocolate milk and diet, Dr. Pepper, you know, just, I lived on, Quite the breakfast. You know, fast food. Right. I mean, that was what I knew, right? And so I, I had no really knowledge of nutrition and health and wellness and didn't know anything about the natural healing world and I uh, had never even been to a yoga class. I mean, I just was completely clueless. And so long story short, I found my way into an acupuncturist's office, my, I guess, around 30, 31, and he just opened up a door that I, to a world I knew nothing about. And I remember the first thing he said to me was, gosh, you have no chi. And you know, which I didn't know what chi was. Like Like, you have no energy. You're completely depleted. And, and, uh, he talked to me about what I did for a living at the time I was working with at risk high school kids. And it was very stressful. And I was waiting tables and going to school and, you know, so he, he just kind of started educating me on, what the stress was doing to my body and what the foods were doing to my body. And so, you know, over the course of many years, I just transitioned into a healthier lifestyle and started changing what I was putting into my mind and into my mouth. And, and, um, my body began to heal itself Yeah, and yeah. it was amazing. And so I've, I've not had anxiety attacks or, um, chronic headaches or any of those things for many, many years. I, ha- I have no prescription drugs. Yeah. You know, I'm 51 years young and <laughs> that's not the norm, compared, right? No prescription drugs compared to when you were early 20s, yeah, exactly. you had six or seven. Yeah. So I feel better now in my fifties than I did in my twenties. That's crazy. Well, yeah. first off, if you're listening and you have a lot of prescription drugs, there's hope there's a way out <laughs> yeah. first off. Um, but second, you know, like you, like I said, you were on six or seven prescription medications when you were 20 years old or so. Yeah. What What's that like? That's got to just feel completely like debilitating and defeating. I felt hopeless, really. I mean, that I remember like it was yesterday, the, the last doctor I went to um, before I went to the acupuncturist and I walked in and they had run a bunch of tests and they just said, you know, we can't find anything wrong with you. So here's another prescription. I remember getting to the car and I just fell apart. And I thought, I can't believe this is, this is normal. Like this cannot be right. And, right. and I don't want another drug. Nothing's working. Uh, and I felt completely hopeless. And, you know, when I started into the natural world and, and acupuncture, and then I found uh, a holistic practitioner that that helped me as well. And then I started school right away. Uh, I love to learn. I love going to school. And mm-hmm. I immediately got into school for, you know, to teach me nutrition, herbology and all these things, mainly just so I could learn it for myself. Yeah. And then over time, I fell in love with it. And as my body began to heal, I got really excited. And I thought, gosh, I would love to be able to teach people this. And 
and help people so that they don't have to suffer for 30 years like I did. That they, that they know there is an, a different option out there. Right. So when you were back you have in taking so many different medications, what were the steps that you were trying to take to you know, make yourself feel better? Was it just trying a lot of different eating, trying different fitness kind of things? Or what were you, were you doing besides trying to take like different medications or going to see different doctors? Um, you know, I, I have always been into fitness. Okay. So I was working out. Um, you know, I thought I was trying to eat healthy here and there. Right. <laughs> I didn't really know what that meant. Eating it. Well, it's changed <laughs> yeah. even in the last 20 years for everybody what that actually means. I exactly. Feel like. But honestly, I was in a, I did a, the therapy route and which was very beneficial. I learned mm-hmm. a lot about myself. Um, in fact, in one of the therapy weekends that I did, that was when I kind of discovered that connection between your emotions and your body. Cause I had let go of some anger and some and things and, and I had an experience, an intestinal experience. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This must be connected. Mm. And it really was, um, just trial and error. And, uh, you know, I I thought because I was exercising and, um, that that would be something that would fix me, but it didn't. So nothing actually finally felt like it worked until you went to this acupuncturist. Yeah, no, no. So what exactly did this acupuncturist enlighten you with or do to you to make you start feeling a little bit better, make you feel hope, hope again? I think the first thing was he recognize and acknowledge that the feelings of things I was experiencing were real. Mm. You, you, know? you just had a self-doubt, like, am I just so absurd that like, is nobody else feeling this way? Right. Or- well, you know, in your traditional medical field, if it's not in your blood work, mm. then it, then okay. they have a hard time, you, you know, if your blood works perfectly normal yeah. and they can't find, there's no test that shows you there's a problem. You know, I mean, I had yeah. chronic headaches and they were doing MRIs and, and scans and all these things. And, and there was no reason for me in their eyes to be having these issues. Right. So you knew that there was something wrong, but you wanted, but there was no proof of it right quite yet until you right. went to this. Yeah, I mean, when at the, at towards the end of my, that journey, as I got into natural health, I remember I was having severe fatigue. I mean, I literally felt like I was dying hmm. and we ran multiple, multiple tests. And I remember the doctor sitting down and going, there's absolutely no reason you should be feeling like this. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Well, and well, I am. That, that's a terrible feeling. Okay. And I hear this every day. Women and men that come to my office say, yeah, they run a bunch of tests. and can't find anything. Um, and at that point, they don't really know what to do. And so to sit down with someone who looks at me and, you know, he read my tongue and felt my pulse and he could tell what was going on based on how he has taught because Chinese medicine looks at the body very differently. He also listened to what I was dealing with in life, you know, and the stress I was under and, and working multiple jobs and, and working with difficult, you know, teenagers. And, and he just, to hear someone say, yes, there is something wrong. You are exhausted. Your adrenals, which I didn't even know what adrenals were at the time. You know, they're extremely depleted. You have no energy left in your body. You have no life force. Your heartbeat is barely, he, he couldn't even find the pulse barely. You know, yeah. he's like, you are weak. You, you're killing yourself. That alone had to almost feel like he was healing you just by yeah, hearing Yeah, I'm, I'm broken to tears. Like, oh my gosh, finally someone can tell that there's something because he was looking at my body very differently than a traditional medical doctor. And it was, it literally that in that moment, even though it was like, okay, there really is something wrong. I had hope because if you, if you know there's something there, then there's 
a path, you know, to go a different direction. Yeah. And it was a lot of hard work, really hard work. I had to transform my life, change my lifestyle, change the way I think, change the way I eat. And, um, but it was worth it. Yeah, it well, every It's all been worth it. Well, that's huge. Like, because I think any kind of happiness or satisfaction or, you know, things, things of that nature need to come from hope, right? Or just like yeah. that, that clarity is just is so, such a big part of it. So let's kind of keep moving forward from there. So once he kind of pointed out these things to you, what were the next kind of steps that you started to take? Uh, well, like I said, I, you know, I changed the foods I was eating. I, I switched. Did you have somebody more. helping you in terms of what no, exactly? You know, you in the eating? beginning I didn't, I kind of just, you know, <laughs> was trying to be trial and error again. It really was. I got on the internet. I remember at the time I, I had these hives all over my body. It was terrible. I was itching all the time. And so I got on the internet and I just started researching and I learned about candida and I learned what, you know, how, what feeds yeast in your body. And I'd had tons of medications and antibiotics throughout the years. And I'd never taken a probiotic. I'd never heard of a probiotic. This is, you got to remember, this was 30, 20, over almost 30 years ago. <laughs> and there were no commercials on TV about right. probiotics or about anything like that. So times have changed drastically. And I just began, I was like a sponge, every book I could read, everything I could find. And I just started experimenting on myself, which I don't recommend <laughs> uh, because I, I really went through some extreme uh, detoxification and, and, and didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I got off of all my medications. I got off, you know, this immediately. The, well, I worked down, you okay. know, off of some of them with my, my doctors, but then, uh, the pain medications thing I, I was taking ibuprofen and, and aspirin and Tylenol, I mean, everything I possibly Jeez. could cause I was in pain for so long. And I had a neurologist that helped me, uh, wean off of those. And I rem I remember having crazy detox, uh, symptoms and, and at the same time, you know, I went through my house and I got rid of all the chemicals. So I, I changed, I got off the deodorants and I threw all the chemical things away and I switched wow. to, you know, all natural products and toothpaste with no fluoride. And I mean, I would did everything literally in a matter of a week. I completely changed my right. environment. And <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that when we were, when you had, yeah. at the event, and like, I, yeah, was, I don't recommend I everything. I do not recommend doing that yeah. all at once uh, <laughs> anymore. Uh, yeah. I so if you had through. to pick, if so. If you had to give advice to yourself after the acupuncturist meeting and you had to say one thing to start switching, what would that thing be? Drinking more water. Okay. Really good just hydration. water. Okay. Uh, I more, told, more water in general or like the specific kind of water, just good, a combination? You know, good, clean, purified water, good alkaline water. Uh, I tell people if they're on soft drinks, you know, the first thing I have them do, look, if you can just stop drinking soft drinks... Why is that so? I mean, the obviously, sugar I know and the chemicals okay. that are in there, especially the diet ones and neurotoxins, and um, but yeah, I did everything at once, and I got off of all sugar because I was convinced I had yeast in my body, which I did, candida, and so back then I didn't even know anything about cleanses, so I just got a probiotic I ordered from the internet called Three Lack. I don't even know if it's on the market anymore, but I ordered a probiotic. <laughs> And uh, I was not cut an endorsement. Out, uh, no, <laughs> I cut out all sugar, and I ate, you know, uh, meats and vegetables, nuts. That was pretty much it. I, I allowed myself half of an apple once a week. You know, I didn't even do fruit, and I drank tons of water. 
And of course, I, I lost a tremendous amount of weight. It was, um, I remember I found my journal actually the other morning where I journaled this back in 2005, I think. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm down to 111 pounds, you know, because I, I just was purging so much. Was that a happy, like, no? No, or, that, that was, was way too like, thin. Okay. Yeah. So I don't recommend doing something like this by yourself because, you know, I mean, I could have run into some problems. Luckily, right. I made it through and it was nine months of pure hell, really. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of nine months, my hives were gone and my intestinal tract was working and I was... I wasn't having headaches every day. And I mean, I, I was, for the first time in my life, I thought, oh my gosh, I could possibly feel normal again. Right. And the energy took a while to come back. So my adrenals were super hammered and that took two or three years. I had to really work for a long time on rebuilding those. Okay. But um, now, you know, life's very different. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to put, I want to put this back on the timeline. So you said about after about nine months, all this stuff was gone. What what, uh, how old were you? Kind of where were you in this whole learning uh, about 2005? So I was in my early 30s, I guess. Okay, and um, and had you started doing the any of the coaching or anything like that? Or? No, I, I did start in school and so I was studying on the side, I was still teaching full time oh, right. and waiting tables, which is insane, yeah, stressful. It was very stressful. And I remember, you know, I mean, I was studying in the bathtub or, or during my break, my lunch break at school, I was, you know, studying whenever, whenever I could get a free moment in. And so I still had not learned yet that the, the what stresses your body and the adrenal thing kind of came later where I started discovering more, it, you know, our body's like an onion, lots of layers. So I kind of hit the top layer. I had many layers to go. And so the adrenal fatigue was probably kind of like layer three or four, even though it had started way back when I was in college. Mm -hmm. uh, Do you think because you were probably figuring out the kind of the nutritional aspect of it and then, but at the same time, you were kind of super stressed out because you were learning or you yeah. were going to school, teaching, yeah. um, waitressing. Yeah. Is that all that stuff? Like, what was that like going all through all those three things at the same it time? It was insane. I, don't, I, don't, I, I mean, that. I look back now, I'm like, I don't know how I did it. And I didn't do it <laughs> well, not do it again. clearly. I didn't do it well. And um, I made plenty of mistakes after that. You know, it took me... 10 years of, of just learning. I've always said my body's been kind of like my walking classroom. I just, something else would come up and I would go, okay, well, I got to figure out how to manage this, how to do with this. And at the time I was slowly gathering what I kind of refer to as my wellness tribe. Um, other people in the natural health field, chiropractors and um, um, energy healers. And, and I was just slowly trying different people out and trying out different types of modalities to, to help me. And uh, I did develop a tribe of people that I still use today. Yeah. For, you know, I mean, I, even knowing what I know, I still need other people no in my doubt. life to help keep me well. Yeah, I think, I mean, everybody does, no matter how well you think you get to a certain extent. If you ever, I feel like if you ever go into some kind of sort of isolation, you could very easily kind of fall back into a, a yeah. negative state. So I want to kind of get a little bit more into the stress management, brain health and anxiety part of it, yeah. because like you said, that plays a big role. Yeah. Um, so... Tell me about kind of how you started to work through the kind of all the stress and the negative thoughts that you had in your own head and kind of how you started to work through that and what worked for you. Well, as I realized later that I was suffering from adrenal fatigue, um, I began to look at my life and think, okay, obviously what I'm doing is not working. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, my acupuncturist and I had another friend who is an energy healer and both of them had told me, your time teaching high school is, is over. You need to walk away. And of course, 
I wasn't Why? raised in a world of entrepreneurship. You know, so to me, I was thinking, what in the world am I going to do? I mean, mm-hmm. I went to college, I got a degree, and this is what I do. I teach school. Right. <laughs> um, it was extremely, extremely stressful. I was working with at-risk kids and um, kids with uh, disabilities, and it was just a very, very high-stress job. And I was taking all of my kids' problems home with me, and and it just wasn't working with my body very well anymore. And I remember thinking, I can't imagine what else I would be doing. And so a um, couple years went by and I was in school and that's when I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to step out and be an entrepreneur and I'm going to do um, what I love most, which is helping teach and empower people just going to be not in the school. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that was one of the biggest jumps and or leaps forward for you in terms of your negative thoughts, like just literally just stopping your teaching? Yeah. Well, I did not necessarily stop my negative thoughts. This well, was, this well was, I don't yeah. think negative thoughts are ever yeah. completely well, shut down. Well, this was 2008. <laughs> okay. So oh, I, I walked into my principal's office in the year when he said, hey, are you coming back? And I said, actually, no, I'm leaving the field. And he was like, are you nuts? <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm right. like, well, I'm going to be a natural health practitioner. <laughs> I don't think this sounds crazy. Yeah. But uh, that's what I did. And of course, you know, that not long after that is when everything kind of crashed. And I remember thinking, wow, I'm not sure this is what I'm supposed to do. But it felt good. I felt relief. You know, this pressure was off of me. And then, you know, my next layer or fourth, fifth layer of, of my journey began. And, and um, you know, the last, that was 10 years ago. So I would say the last four or five years, the layer I've really been working on is thoughts, your your thoughts and the power of your thoughts. And, you know, I started studying people like Bob Proctor and um, and jo- Dr. Joe Dispenza and, and meditation and those types of things because um, I work so much with people who are struggling with anxiety and you can make lifestyle changes and you can make um, food changes but if you don't change what you're thinking about, if you don't are aware of what's happening in your subconscious mind, you're going to continue to recreate, you know, those stressful situations, Definitely. and and your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. So if you're having really stressful thoughts, uh, then your subconscious mind thinks that you're living in a lot of stress. Yeah. So uh, that has been my journey recently, and and that has probably, you know. For me, it was easy to let go of certain foods, mainly because I was in so much pain. I was willing to do anything. People say, how'd you give up this or how'd you give up that? I'm like, are you kidding me? I feel so much better. I don't even want to go back to that. You know, I don't think about Taco Bell. It just sounds disgusting (laughs) now. I wouldn't even have eaten fast food. Right. But uh, your thoughts, that's a whole nother journey. I mean, Mm -hmm. that has really... This part of my journey, I think, has been one of the hardest. Yeah, because I've, you know. <laughs> oh, I bet. I, because well, thoughts are just such an abstract thing that it's so yeah. hard to think about and, and talk yeah. through. I do have one very specific question I want to ask. So one thing that I personally try to do is I I feel like I'm a pretty positive guy and, and genuinely not any not fake positive or talk or whatever. And I think that positive self talk is so important. Mm-hmm. But I think that no matter how positive of a person you are, you're always going to have negative thoughts creep in and negative self-talk creep in. So what I, what I'm really interested about is, do you think that you try to, we should try to kind of minimize those things and kind of try to avoid them if they come up? Or is it about recognizing them and trying to work through them? I think it's just about self-awareness, being aware of what you're thinking about. And 
on a subconscious level because 95% of our thoughts, beliefs, you know, are subconscious. So that means uh, we're kind of an autopilot all the time. And so for me, it's about recognizing based on my actions and my words that are coming out of my mouth, that really kind of reveals to me and the things that are happening in my life. That kind of reveals to me what's going on in my subconscious mind, those thoughts that we don't know are there and um, becoming aware of those and then actively working at changing that because those thoughts have been there for a long time. They're repetitive and repetitive um, thinking is what creates those neuro pathways in the brain and it creates those habits. And and so changing that is like taking your mind to the gym. I mean, you really have to work at it. You can't just go, oh, okay, I know that I have some negative thoughts and I need to change them and I'll try to do better. No, I mean, this is, this is hard, hard work. It's not about just, okay, I'm not going to eat little Debbie's anymore. (laughs) You know, I can just push them away. No, this is discipline, self-discipline, self-awareness, something you have to work on every single day. And it it really is one of the hardest things I've ever done and has taken longer (laughs) than the, than the other parts of my journey. Uh, But it's, I kind of do this through meditation. That's what I've chosen that has helped me and it's a discipline. It's a practice. Mm-hmm. When you, I think meditation is so popular nowadays, and I think there's so many different forms of it. Do you do, I actually, I know a little bit about Dr. Joe Dispenza. I know he yeah. has, a, do you do his meditation? Yes. Is that correct? Yes, I gotcha. do. Gotcha, gotcha. So what, is, what does that look like a little bit for people who aren't familiar? Uh, well, to explain his meditation would be difficult. I don't know that I can explain <laughs> him. Uh, but what I learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza, what I liked about him the most at the beginning was that, you know, he's a chiropractor originally, um, his, his field, and he had his, his own personal yeah. amazing experience. And he has demystified the, the whole meditation because he's taken science and, and research and studies and looked and studies people while they're meditating, looked at their brain waves and looked at their heart and looked at all kinds of things. And so he has all this data that is proving what meditation is doing to the body on a physical mm-hmm. level, a mental level, emotional level, spiritual level. And, you know, I'm a science geek. And to me, that made it very real. I mean, I knew meditation was good for you. And, you know, it was just one of those things I fought for a long time. Yeah. Oh, I think, I mean, I think I'm a little bit fighting it too. And because I think a lot of people, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what it is, why people fight it. I think it's because maybe a little bit, because it is kind of like mystified and people are like, what does that even mean? Like, it's just yeah. this, like, such this abstract thing. I but, think um, part of it is most of us don't really want to be still yeah, and quiet. I, I, I agree. You know, it feels so uncomfortable. It's not mm-hmm. the norm anymore. And it seems like too much trouble, you yeah. know, like, oh, I got to turn my phone off and be quiet and be still. You know, I can't turn my brain off. Uh, and I'm still working on turning my brain off. I mean, that's the whole reason for meditation is to learn that it doesn't happen instantaneously. And, you know, I was meditating every single day, sometimes an hour, two hours a day and still struggle through that crazy monkey brain to this day. I'll have, you know, some terrible meditation. I'm like, gosh, that was crazy. I didn't Mm -hmm. even, you know, (laughs) I was sitting thinking about all the stuff I had to do. It is a discipline. And, but what it does is it, it helps that um, sympathetic nervous system. It helps calm down the brain and calm down the mind and the body and allows you to focus on what you want in your life. It allows you to create the new thoughts that you want to have and practice that practice thinking those Mm -hmm. because we have to change that. Just like going to the gym, you have to work out to create new muscle and new muscle memory. The same thing with the brain. And, um, 
you know, it's a little bit harder because sometimes you can't visually see that it's changing. But as you do it longer and, and you really are focusing on creating the life that you want, you will slowly start to see things changing and visibly see your life changing and that level of stress changing. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you talked about it in the sense that, you know, it takes a while and you actually have to work on changing it. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a process because I think that that is basically almost with everything in life. Yeah. Everything is practice. And it's not just yeah. going to, a lot of people I feel like who have a lot of uh, negative self-talk are always feeling down and, and kind of are maybe uh, have a lot of anxiety or depressed, think that they can flip a switch and it's it's going to go away. Yeah. Or they're just like looking for a magic pill or a magic switch. Not like a pill, but just in general. Yeah. Um, but it's, it takes work. You have yeah. to practice it. So what what would you tell somebody, let's go to specific towards meditation. Like you said, you fought it a little bit. I think I fight it a little bit because of the stillness thing probably is why <laughs> I fight it. Because uh, I'm always trying to go, go, go. It takes It's hard for me to stop and take five deep breaths and just kind of sit mm-hmm. still. But I don't, not in like a persuasion kind of way, but more of like an encouragement kind of way. How would you talk to somebody who's kind of fighting meditation in terms of encouraging them for what it would do to benefit them? I would say just to be open to it at first, you know, be willing to surrender to that. I've fought it for a long time. I have a a really good friend here. She teaches meditation. She told me for years, as long as you've got to start meditating. And Mm. I just, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And, um, I think that willingness to be open that that might be something that could work for you and to be willing to commit to it, you know, give it a year, practice every single day. If, if that's just starting with five minutes using your, you know, app on the phone calm or headspace or whatever you want to use, uh, five minutes mm-hmm. and then working up as you go along just be willing to stick with it. Yeah. So right now when you, is, is meditation basically the main thing that you go back to if you're currently stressing out or stressed out or anything like that? What's your current yeah. practice of kind of getting away from anxiety? Well, I do um, still work out. Now, I have always been into major fitness, uh, running and kickboxing, those kinds of things. And um, my I had broke both my arms last year oh my from a bike accident. and. <sighs> You know, I kind of went from working out six days a week to doing nothing, for, you know, for about three months. And I had to slowly work back into that. And uh, that was earlier this year when I started work back into that. And I found that I was really struggling doing the things that I used to do, like kickboxing and running and started to have some other issues that popped up from, from that. And so I didn't have that stress outlet. Yeah, I mean, tough. punching a bag, kicking, whatever, you know. And so I had to go back to, um, I went back to yoga, which I had done before that, and I've been off and on for a long time. And to me, I was like, oh, it's slowing down. I, I really want to just be more you know, aggressive <laughs> with my workouts. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing power yoga in, in, you know, infrared heated studio, and it's it's a tough workout. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's intense. Yeah, I love it. But what I've noticed is it's enhancing my desire to meditate because I'm realizing, you know what, I can get a great workout, I can get my heart rate up, I can sweat, and I can be aware of my body. And that's what I love about yoga is it's about self-awareness, being aware of the pain in your leg when you're in a certain pose, being aware and breathing into it and accepting that and accepting yourself where you are. And, and so to me, that has been my outlet. You know, I do that four or five days a week now and the meditation. And if I am having an exceptionally stressful day, 
Uh, that is one thing I make sure, even if it's right before I go to bed, that I do even just a short meditation, something just to kind of center myself and remind myself of what I want to focus on in my life. Because mm-hmm. when we get stressed, we tend to focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. That's just where we go. Yeah. Human nature. I'm also huge on self-awareness. I think that's one of the biggest qualities that people need to develop in order yeah. to be like become the best version of themselves in general. But there's so many aspects you can kind of be self-aware about. Mm-hmm. And one thing, you know, we talked about is thoughts is I think I've heard from a few people or many people that I think too much about what I'm thinking. And I think that you need to think about what you're thinking and why you're processing yeah. certain things. But sometimes people feel like that's a, to a detri- detriment yeah. to them. So I want you to kind of speak towards somebody who thinks they're stressing because they think too much about what they're thinking. <laughs> I know that's kind of big, but. Well, I mean, sure, you can overthink anything. Right. I think it's becoming aware of what you're thinking is different than obsessing about what you're thinking. Um, so it's balance. I think that, that's a big one. Yeah, it, it's all about balance. And that was another reason why I have embracing yoga again, because it's really all about balance. And um, I just think that, Obviously, you can't obsess on any one thing because that just takes you into a, a place of stress. Yeah. But I do think that being aware and being willing to be aware is a great thing. No, I like that. I like that distinction between being aware and obsessing over because I think that's. Yeah. I think a lot of people just spend so much time on it and, and dwelling over it. Yeah. And, and just that's when it actually yeah. kind of comes to their detriment. Yeah, sure. So I, let's talk a little bit more about kind of. The, the coaching that you're doing right now. So you said adrenal fatigue is a huge thing. I want you to talk a little bit more about what that actually is and what people can actually be looking for to see if they have that. Well, I think adrenal fatigue is probably in epidemic proportions here in the United States um, with the level of stress that we have come under in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, but, you know, adrenal fatigue, there can be different levels of it. And um, typically you start to notice things like hitting a wall late in the afternoon, so between three and five, where you just feel like, oh, my gosh, if I could just lay down and shut my eyes. Um, and typically what people do is they run to grab an energy drink or you know, double latte or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, which is the worst thing you could do for your adrenals, Mm. but that's typically what we do. And then we kind of push through it and then you get your second win as we call it. And you kind of push through the rest of the night. Uh, and then a lot of people will have trouble sleeping. Maybe they can fall asleep, but they wake up, they can't get back to sleep and, um, or they're not sleeping well, they're not dreaming anymore. So they're not getting in that deep restful REM sleep. And that's kind of the first issues we see with adrenal fatigue. And then Obviously, the fatigue issues where you maybe you slept eight hours, but you feel exhausted. Um, maybe you're having heart palpitations or you're having a lot of anxiety or you're easily overwhelmed, um, agitated, uh, weight gain around the belly. We call it stress belly where the cortisol is releasing too high and you start to put on weight there. Um, so those are different things we see, you know, pain, obviously joint pain, headaches, things like that, migraines. So... I think that if people can become aware of what's happened in their body and they, they understand that we are under tremendous amount of stress, um, there's a great book called Adrenal Fatigue by Dr. Wilson, and he says in there that it is very possible that we experience more stress now in one year than our ancestors experienced in their entire lifetime. I remember you saying that. Yeah. that that's crazy. Yeah. If you think about it. I mean, it's crazy, but if I think about it, it's actually not crazy at all. Yeah. Well, so you're young, 
enough that you didn't grow up without technology, mm-hmm. right? So I remember when I was your age, I didn't, there were no cell phones. There was right. no internet. There was no, we didn't have those things. And you had to go home and, and, you know, connect to a phone on the wall to talk to someone, right? So if you were out, no one could reach you. You weren't right. checking email. There was so much less stress. Yeah, we had stress, but we didn't have that level of stress that now is on top of everything else. And we're working harder, working longer because of the technology. Now, one person may be doing the job that three people did when I was right. your age. And we just think that's normal, right? But it's not normal. It's not the norm. It's not how we've been for centuries. Yeah. And so now because people think that that's the norm, they don't understand even that they're under stress sometimes. And I'll have people come sit in my office and I know they're experiencing symptoms of adrenal fatigue or chronic stress. And uh, and I'll ask them, what's your stress, stress level? Like, oh, I mean, you know, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm not really feel like I'm that stressed. Yeah, I love my job, this and that. I'm, I only work 60 hours a week. <laughs> um, and I have to help them bec- understand that the symptoms they're experiencing in their body, that is where they're feeling the stress. Their body is yelling at them, saying, I am completely stressed out. But it doesn't feel that way to them because that's just normal life. Mm-hmm. And so... So the body's communicating the stress in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. With, you know, IBS and headaches and and anxiety and heart palpitations and fatigue. All these things are um, a result of most of the time of just chronic long-term stress. And you just keep doing that to your body and you're going to create other disease mm-hmm. you know, down the road. So when people come to you and you point out to them that they are actually stressed out, but it's just communicated differently, do they believe you? What's the, what's the next? <laughs> Sometimes. What's the next process Sometimes. or steps in terms of how you kind of either yeah. convince them that they actually are stressed and try to how to get out of it? Well, I usually start with the gut first because okay. we have to have a healthy microbiome. You know, we have to start there, and most of the time they have digestive issues. It's, from one level to another. And so I start there. And I think once they realize, you know, of course I start with nutrition, what they're putting in their mouth. And I talk to them about what they're putting in their mind. And we kind of go in steps, you know, working those, uh, peeling off the layers of the onion. Mm-hmm. And usually, um, you know, the first thing when they leave off certain foods, or maybe they're doing an anti-inflammatory diet and they start to feel better or they're, their intestinal tract is working better. They kind of get curious. Right? Yeah. They think, oh my gosh, That's when, like, this, this really light works. Pops on. <laughs> yeah, this really works. Mm-hmm. And once you can gain you know, their confidence, then they're a little bit more willing to go down that road and work on deeper levels of the body. And everyone, you know, everyone has their own journey. Mm-hmm. This is about their journey. I'm just there to kind of go, you know what? I can help you based on what I've learned personally and what I've learned professionally. And we can get through this a lot easier than it the 20 years it took me yeah. to get through it. So, so go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so I, they're usually a, most of the time we're open and sometimes they're not. Right. And sometimes I have to have that conversation. Say, you know what? Scale of 1 to 10, where are you? 1 you didn't really you're here because someone made you come or 10 you're ready to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And if they're not at least a 7 or above, I tell them they're not ready. Right. No point in, in working on that. Yet. So in those coaching conversations, what kind of questions are you asking them in order to pick out kind of what might be their thing stressing them out in terms of food, you know, the negative self-talk or what, are, you know, what? how do you identify what their trigger is, I guess? 
for their adrenal fatigue? Well, the first thing I do is just listen because I think that's the sad part of the medical community and it's not their fault. It's, it's the way it's designed nowadays. They have literally 10 minutes with you, maybe 15 minutes. And I'm there for an hour or more. And I want to hear about what were they like? When's the last time they remember feeling good? And what happened since then that has changed that? What things in their life have, have happened? What events, you know? Um, and I ask them, what do you eat? Tell me what you eat for breakfast. What do you eat for lunch? What do you snack on? What's the thing that you crave in the middle of the night? And I just listen to, um, I look for patterns and I, uh, I have a system that I use. It's, it's uh, based on energy and frequency, bioimpedance, and and uh, I'll do use that with them because I can look at frequencies that might be stressed in their body, even emotions that might be stressed in their body, where even though I might have a good idea when they can see that and they're going, oh my gosh, you know, how did it, how do they know I felt that way? Yeah. Um, because we're all energy and frequencies. And so when you can identify those. It's helpful to kind of get someone's attention. It's all based on homeopathic okay. medicine. Okay, gotcha. When you, I'm, I'm very curious about what your biggest learning tool has been throughout your years. Has it, do you think it's been like yourself going through all these different experiences, which has obviously been a huge learning tool? Do you think it's maybe all the different research that you've gotten, or do you think it's the different people that you coach and learn from them? Or what, what do you think has kind of been the biggest? I guess of those three, if you had to identify one. I would say the biggest has been my own body um, because of all the different health challenges that I had along the way and emotional challenges. And um, I mean, literally, they're most of the things I recommend when it comes to, you know, protocols and herbs and supplements, those types of things. I've probably taken most of them because you know, yeah. I tried everything on myself if I was, you know, st- struggling with a particular issue. I'm like, OK, well, I'm going to try this and see what works. And. I have learned so much just from my own body, my own mind, my own experiences. And of course, I've learned a lot from my studies and mentors that are in my life as well. But when you can walk through it and you can watch the anxiety melt away in your life, you can watch your health transform in front of your eyes. That's a powerful, powerful experience. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. That's a, I mean, I think that no matter what people are doing in their life, they can almost learn the most from themselves yeah. than from anything else if they're self-aware. Yeah. And I think it's true with anything, you know? Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to have a few more questions asked. There's one is I want you to talk to somebody kind of who is experiencing kind of what you were experiencing back when you were in early 20s. You're on a lot of medication, but you're always kind of feeling ill, but nothing is quite being identified. How would you tell that person to approach you know, analyzing their own health? Is it figuring out what exactly they're eating, mental stuff, or what do you, how, What does that approach look like? Yeah, I mean, starting with foods is, is probably the easiest place to begin and the most, um, you know, you'll see the biggest benefits by eliminating certain foods in, in your diet. Uh, I always recommend that people are, are on an anti-inflammatory diet, just removing inflammatory foods such as gluten, you know, wheat, and dairy and sugars, processed sugars, because if you're inflamed, your body's going to react in one way or the other. It might be allergies, it might be stomach problems, it might be migraines. So that's an easy place to start. And then finding someone that you can work with. Maybe it's an mm-hmm. acupuncturist, maybe it's a chiropractor, maybe it's a natural health practitioner like myself. Maybe it's all three, which is more ideal. Yeah. 
uh, a personal trainer, fitness, and having people to help guide you along the way because there's nothing worse in this world than feeling alone on your journey. Hmm. And you don't have to be alone. I mean, we have plenty of resources here to help yeah, people. Because then I feel like that's how you felt back in yeah, yeah. I feel like you felt I, alone. Yeah, it was terrible. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I felt crazy. And, uh, you know, I think when people can identify with you and go, yeah, of course you're having stomach issues, you know, here's what's going on. Or mm-hmm. you need, you know, your microbiome is completely off because you've had five rounds of antibiotics in the last 10 years and you've never taken a probiotic to replenish your intestinal tracts. And I wonder having right. problems. So just having that validation. With so much information out there now in terms of, kind of what you should be eating. And it's super, I feel like overwhelming for a lot of people and intimidating. If you had to talk, tell people maybe two or three things to eat or to avoid eating, um, you know, what, what do you think would those two things would be? I'll just leave it at that. Well, the first thing I'd say is drink more water because most people are not drinking enough water. And, you know, we have a large percentage of our body is water and we need water. Uh, We need it for lots of things to purge out toxins in our system to help help our bowels move. I mean, your intestinal tract is your garbage disposal. You got to have water, you know, if things come through. So that's the number one thing I would do. And not tap water, good, clean, purified water. Uh, Avoiding soft drinks. I mean, you know, monster drinks and Cokes and Mountain Dews and whatever your soft drink of choice is. Yeah. Um, you know, if you got to have the fizz and do some sparkling water until you can transition to water, you need water and avoiding those neurotoxins and sugars that are in that are just horrible. Okay. Those would be the two big things. Um, and shopping the outside of the grocery store, you know, stay yeah. away from all the boxed everything. And I know people think, oh my gosh, I don't have time. To do that, well, you know, there's if you're in Nashville, there's great resources. We mm-hmm. have all oh, kinds of great so food many. delivery, you know, that of all different kinds, whether it's cooked or already prepared, or they have all the ingredients for you, and um, you can get all organic ingredients, and it really is uh, has made it easier. I know. For the, yeah, people. the meal prep services are here yeah. unreal, and there are yeah. so so many so healthy ones too. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's I feel like there's probably going to be. And I don't think it's probably just Nashville. You know, every city is probably growing to their own unique things. And I'm yeah. sure everything's spreading yeah. like that, which is great. Um, so I have two final questions that I want to ask. One is, you know, you already said your age. So I'll pull that out. You said you're 51 years young, right? Yes, yes. Um, so uh, you're in 10 years down the road, you're going to be 61. Uh, it's <laughs> Can just we the, not talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always tell people, say not to scare you, but that's just the reality of the situation, yes. right? Um, so I want you to talk about, what is a 61-year-old Dr. Leslie Shu done? What has she created? What has she accomplished? And what is she currently doing? Well, uh, I actually want to just continue getting better. Okay. And um, I want to be better at meditation. I want to be better in my fitness. I want to be better at helping people. And I'm always, always growing and learning. I think, you know, if you're either growing, you're either growing or dying, right? And my goal is to always be growing. And um so I'm, I'm going for more training actually in a couple of weeks down in Georgia and um, I'm expanding some of the things I do in my practice. I'm uh, trying to do more public speaking and workshops because I love doing that. It's my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporate lunch and learns, whatever it is, getting to reaching more people. I'm kind of on a mission to um, help people understand the effects of stress and what it's doing to their body. And of course that keeps me in a constant 
check for myself, you know, and I still haven't learned it all. I mean, I still overwork a lot. You know, I still will find myself, oh gosh, I'm not feeling too good today. I think I've probably overdone it. Even though I know that's what I teach, right? I still have to watch what I'm thinking about and struggle through that and force myself to meditate some days. I mean, I am constantly learning and growing just like everyone else, but I want to empower people around me and trans transcend, transform people around me or, and help them to do that for themselves. And I'm actually even signed up for a yoga certification I started oh, that's in January. Awesome. Yeah. Because part of it is every year I want to, um, you know, I think it, Jared Hardy or somebody, I forgot who, who it is. It says you should take, or maybe it's Jen Rome. You should take 10% of your earnings to spend back on yourself, helping advance yourself and grow like every year. And so this year I did advanced training with Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation. So next year I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do my yoga certification yeah. and because I love to teach and I love community and it will be something that will help me learn more about those practices and beliefs. It's kind of everything that I, I love and do now anyway, and it will help me with discipline. Um, so that's what I'm doing. So That'll be you know, super cool. That'll just yeah. broaden your practice yeah. and you can do some such cool things. Like I know. Events and so stuff I like have that. a 61. I'm like this killer, you, will you know, be. yoga teacher, meditation yeah. teacher, you know, health or well awareness, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, you know, I don't have children. So my legacy that I leave behind is helping other people mm-hmm. become great better versions of themselves. There right. And so that is my goal. Mm. I want people to look back and, and go, gosh, you know, look what, what look what she taught me or look what I learned because I ran across her in my life and say that's that's awesome. Bizarre. Super admirable. Great. It's a great yeah. mission. Uh, that's kind of my mission too, obviously, with the name yeah. um, podcast. So very cool. Um, well, before I ask the last question, I, first of all, I want to thank you and appreciate you coming You're in. Welcome. And I think that being able to be so self-aware of your own experiences and being able to work through that process for as long as it was and being able to come out on the other side. And like you said, obviously there's always things going on. You always still have negative self-talk, but you find better ways to combat it and work through that. It's such a, it's such a commendable thing to be able to work through that long of a journey and being able to come out on the other side of it, kind of where you are now and being able to deliver that to other people. And, yeah. and so it's, I just want to commend you for that and acknowledge you for that. So okay. that's awesome. So the last question I always ask everybody is like, obviously the name of the podcast is the best you podcast. And my passion and mission is to help people become the best version of themselves, improve every single day. And so what I want to know, know for you personally is if you could work on or do three things to become the best version of yourself. And what I always tell people is I think the becoming the best version of yourself is always a constant journey. We're never really at probably at that best version of ourselves, or hopefully we shouldn't think that we're there because then we're going to start trying to stop trying to improve. But if you could work or do three work on three things to become that best version of yourself or closer to that best version, what would those three things be? I think the number one thing um, Dr. Joe Dispenza teaches us to be aware of our programming and to let go of that, you know, um, which is not that subconscious mind. So continuing to be aware, self-aware on a daily basis of what I'm thinking and what I'm creating in my life and mm. the foods I'm putting in my body. I mean, just that putting myself first, you know, and the day so that because if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't help other people. And, you know, some people think, oh, that's so selfish. Well, you know what? If you're a mom you got to take care of yourself or you're not going to be there for your kids. 
So same for your corporate guy, you got to take care of yourself. So you can be there for, for what you do every day. And so that's number one. And um, I'd say number two, just being willing to be open to change and to know that uh, I'm kind of a planner and things have happened in the last year or two in my life that has completely disrupted what I thought the plan was. And just being willing to go, you know what? Focus on every day. Don't live in the future. Don't live in the past. Live in the moments and do what you know is going to be helpful to you and the people around you in this moment. And the third would be just um, self-love and love for other people, embracing that because there's so much turmoil in the world. There's so much hatred in the world of focusing on love and light. And what does that mean to you? You know, um, time in prayer, time spending time, you know, with God or whoever you believe in. But just for me, looking at that spiritual part of my life, because I tend to focus a lot on the physical because that's what I do and emotional because that's also what I do, that peace, that meditation peace and being aware of the emotions that affect the body. And sometimes the, the spiritual gets left out. Hmm. And so for me, part of that, the yoga experience for me is, is to help bring that spiritual aspect in and really put some focus there and remember that ultimately, um, you know, our spirit is just important. It's all connected, mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. So. Gotcha. Well, I'm in love with those three things. Those were <laughs> awesome. That's all we got. I appreciate you coming yeah, in. Yeah, you're welcome. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now it's time to act. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to that page. If you're on iTunes, leave it a five-star review. Help the show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. Are any of you feeling tired all the time or having any of the issues that Dr. Leslie had when she was younger? If so, go check out her website at drlesliewellness.com to learn more about her coaching and about her wellness tribe. Remember everyone, stress is inevitable, but there are things that we can do about it. Be open to some options that may help. Meditation doesn't always have to be crossing your legs and humming as loud as you can. It can look differently for everyone, but I do know that some kind of stillness can help center your thoughts and make you aware of them instead of obsessing over them. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.